Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I'm Father John. I'm here as always with my frozen sister, Mary Guilfoyle. Wow, it is uh, cold here in Detroit, isn't it? I would think we're in the frozen tundra. We were just talking about how cold it is up here in the podcast room, and I think if we had gloves and earmuffs, they'd be on. (laughs) It would be on. It must be getting close to the season of Advent. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And that's timely because we're coming right out of the uh, the Feast of Christ the King uh, this past Sunday, and that's uh, kind of related to our topic, isn't it? What is our topic? Yeah, it is, Father. Um, Our topic for today is, Is Jesus the King of Our Speech? You know what? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna run down to confession, and then uh, I'll probably be better able to get into this talk. Holy cow! Ouch! That's gonna hurt. Um, yeah, this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be a, a great topic to break open, and one that uh, I think all of us, uh, certainly myself, us. Uh, very much included, Amen. Amen, um, is uh, gonna need to take to heart. Open us up in prayer. Will you do that? Yeah, let's do that in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, Father, we just pray for uh, your light to be present right now in our minds uh, and in our conversation so that we might uh, truly reflect upon Jesus's kingship and whether or not um, or where that kingship might be in need of uh, being exercised more fruitfully and uh, more forcefully in our lives, not so that we can be subjected but actually so that we can be free. We can become the people that you have made us to be and the men and women that we long to be. So may our speech right now be edifying uh, and encouraging, even as it is direct. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes, so... uh, I don't know about you. It uh, sounds like we were talking uh, about a similar thing uh, just the other day about reflecting on the uh, what, what was upcoming now past the the solemnity of Jesus Christ, King of the Universe, yes, which is just I an awesome. Love title. that, right? Um, and uh, you know, like, what do kings do? You know, kings rule. They reign. They lord over. Yeah, they exercise dominion, dominion. right? Mm-hmm. And and again, not so that we can be, in this case. Um, in the, in, the, in the case of Jesus's kingship, not so that we would be subjected or limited or restricted, but so that we would be actually free. And, you know, I don't think it's going to take an awful lot of reflection on, on any of our parts to acknowledge that there are areas in our life where um, that's a nice title, but I'm not sure that it's actually true. You right. know, is Jesus really <laughs> Lord? And in this case, is he really Lord of our speech? Um, and we were talking even just before we got on the air, right? Uh, there's so many reasons, and we'll get into these in just a second, but maybe just that one passage in the Gospels when Jesus says, it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. And so if you really want to, if you want to get a sense of what's inside me, listen to me. And if I want to find out what's inside you, I'm going to listen to you. And that's not just uh, what you might say out loud in this age of communication. I think it's also very much uh, what we write and how we communicate in, you know, whether it's emails or social media or whatever it is. Yeah, behind our screens, I mean, there, it seems like there is um, a a particular boldness um, that, that almost borders on disrespect that I can, I can write whatever I want. Um, because I'm not sitting right in front of you. And, and um, 
and again, that's not speech, but it does still flow from the heart, yeah. right? You know, for out of the abundance of the heart, my fingers type yeah, too right. sometimes, right? That's right. Yeah. right? And, and we so, just had an encounter with this, didn't we? Right. So, you know, um, we first of all, we love hearing from y'all. Um, all the time we hear from you, and um, we are often uh, just so encouraged um, by your prayerful support and just the great insights that you share with us that edify us and call us on. Um, I'm, I'm more and more inspired by all of you to the point of tears. In fact, I was talking to my husband the other day, and I said the people that we've met through Acts 29 make me want to be a better disciple, right? Um, but every now and again, you know, we'll hear from um, some brothers and sisters um, who will send us maybe even an email. And uh, we received one last week that I forwarded on to you. And as I read through the email, it was too painful for me to read it in its entirety. It, it just really hurt my heart. And I sent it on to you and I said, you're going to need to read this, right? And to respond to this. And it was... It was, um, it, it, it seemed to me that it was filled with, with, with a, a certain degree of anger and bitterness. Yeah, you, 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 can, never, you can never know what's in someone's heart, right. you know, obviously. But l- when there's lots of all caps and something, yeah. it's kind of like, as Nick would always say, why are, why are we you? yelling? <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so I, I think, you know, here's the, the general sense of, the, of this email. And it's something that we hear every once in a while from people. You know, like, why don't we go after bishops more? Yes. It's kind of like, how come you don't sound more like, you know, like the rest of Catholic media or the rest of media in general, which is divisive and contentious and and, and really like condemning, right? And uh, there's a reason for that. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that. But the, the email that came across, I think it just led to some great opportunity for us to talk amongst ourselves and at least for me to reflect personally. Because whenever I... Whenever I get something like that or someone says something to me, um, you know, I, I try to respond. But then it's also a great opportunity to just do an examination Check of ourselves. myself and go, Lord, that's really ugly, which means it's really ugly when I'm like that. Right. Right. So expose in my, you know, in my mind right now um, those times uh, most recently when I have either thought or spoken or written like that right. because um, because scripture is replete with exhortations and commands to be very careful of how we talk, right? Right. Well, you know, I'm just thinking, it, you know, at mass, you know, we confess our, our you know, our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. And um, scripture tells us the just man falls seven times a day. And I wish I were a just man. I wish I was that just. And so we all have to check ourselves, right? So we're not having this conversation outside of our own, you know, keeping ourselves in the spotlight of the spirit, asking him to convict us of where we fall short. Yeah. It, it, it just seems to be, a, you know, I, I keep thinking Advent is this coming weekend, uh, which is the start of the new year in the church. And so it's a new year is our times for resolutions and w- with Christ the King in the, in the background now and a new year coming in a time for resolution, it seems like a great chance for, at least for me and you anyway, maybe somebody else who's listening to us to go, okay, uh, in this new year that's about to begin, maybe one of the resolutions that would be worth making is to really ask the Lord to reign over my thinking, my writing, and my speaking, right? So let's, let's try to re- rip apart three things, maybe. Um, speech in general, the particular challenge that, that is bitterness, and then maybe just a quick reflection on the enemy, right? So right. Um, there's so many passages in Scripture. We were talking about doing a word study last week on the Holy Spirit. 
this this would be another great thing maybe mm-hmm. for some of us if we're, if you're feeling convicted like we are. Mm-hmm. Um, do a word study on speech. Mm-hmm. There are so many passages in scripture right. um, that just one of which um, would be enough to occupy our time and to send us to confession um, for a number of weeks probably. Yeah. You know, Father John, I, I, I think... I think the key passage for me, the one that stands out first, I mean, you could go to the book of James and there's plenty there on speech and bridling the tongue. Um, but um, it comes from Hebrews, the 12th chapter, mm. uh, chapter 15. And, and it says, um, uh, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness mm. springs up and causes trouble. And by many, and by it, many are defiled. And, um, just that whole image, and just to take the you know the the phrase root of bitterness reminds me of like a tree that can get planted in my heart, where the streams of grace are are, are maybe not um, rich and flowing and in full supply because I haven't yielded to the grace. And I'm thinking of like the root of a tree that just starts to die. Mm. And because whether we know it or not, I mean, bitterness can kind of be like this slow burn of like negative thoughts or anger or resentment. And it starts to slip out from our mouths. And then we, and then we give voice to it and we go, oh my gosh, like where did that come from? Yeah. And there's, and there, and, and, and there's so much bitterness right now that, we, that we're hearing and, and seeing and reading, um, not just in the world at large, but in the church too. And um, here's the funny thing about bitterness. You never get enough of it. You know, mm. like you never wake up one day and go, okay, I think I've had enough. That. Yeah, you know, I'm going to move on to like uh, envy. <laughs> um, and so you, you just have to make a, a, a decision. And, and, and you had some great suggestions as what we can do about bitterness. But let me back up for just a second mm-hmm. and, and just look at speech in general right. first. And then maybe we can go after bitterness a, a, a bit more. I, I think one of the things uh, with regards to, to speech from scripture that I find so helpful too is Here's a, a couple of like staccato scripture passages just to pray with. One would be Romans 12, where Paul says, like, do not let the world, um, here's one translation of it, squeeze you into its way of thinking. Mm, uh, the, I love the, that, Father. I think it's more literally, um, do not be conformed to the, the pattern of thought of this world. But I love that uh, that other translation. Do not let the world squeeze you into its way of thinking. Um Father Dave Tomaszeki, who's a good friend of ours, he is constantly challenging people. Like, just stop watching the news. Because when we when we soak ourselves in the... It, because it's not news uh, <laughs> half the time. It's, uh, it's an attempt to evangelize. It's editorializing. It's, it's a whole Imbuing set of things. Imbuing you with a unique narrative. Yeah, right. it's not just reporting right. on what's going on. Right. And what happens is that comes into my mind and my way of thinking, and then it shapes me if I'm not really careful, and it squeezes me into its way of thinking, and then I end up sounding like that when I'm talking about this, that, and the other thing. And as disciples of Jesus, we can't do that. So that passage in Romans is, um, is a great one. Ephesians 4, I've always found to be... Um, personally helpful too and 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 very convicting where Paul just says uh, this is verse 29 let no evil talk come out of your mouths mm. <laughs> full stop let no evil talk come out of your mouths but only such as is good for edifying as fits the occasion that it may impart grace to those who hear now that doesn't mean 
you know, be flowery all the time and, and, and fail to uh, speak about things which we need to speak about. Right, to exhort one but another we on. we do right? it in a way that is befitting somebody who is under the lordship of Jesus. You know, I, I had this image as you were um, uh, talking about the topic of just words coming out of my mouth and turning and looking at Jesus and him going, mm, no. Cannot <laughs> that, be that way. That was, uh, that was not restrained, you know. Um, another passage that, uh, that I've always found to be very helpful, Colossians uh, chapter 3, uh, start in verse 5, where Paul says, put to death what is earthly in you. And it's literally kill. Mm. Kill what is earthly in you. Now, I don't know about you. Like, I got a lot of earthly things in me. And there's enough for me to ask the Holy Spirit just to come into my life and, you know, sometimes I, I picture him just muzzling me, you know, or or pulling my keys off the keyboard or Your my finger. thumbs off mm-hmm. the phone. Like, mm-hmm. don't say that. Don't write that. Don't send that. Um, because that is of your flesh. It's not of me. And then you were alluding to, to James chapter 2. You know, James talks about how, you know, the tongue is a fire. And uh, just this small spark can set a raging forest ablaze. A tongue can be a mighty weapon. Yeah, and, and, and he, he, he exhorts us. He says, you know, out of the same mouth come blessing and cursing. It cannot be. I mean, it just can't be for a disciple. So again, this isn't to be uh, naive or to turn a blind eye to the wrong that, that might be going on, but it is to say how we speak about what's going on cannot sound and look like the world. That's right. It has to sound like Jesus. If for no other reason, then, you know, we talk over and over again about the most urgent pastoral and evangelistic task is an attractive and compelling proclamation of the gospel. And we won't be attractive if we're at one and the same time proclaiming the gospel and sounding like the world, dividing, being contentious, condemning, and doing all the things that we see and hear all throughout the media. We were just um, we were just on the road last weekend. What was the comment the, the the beautiful woman in the back of the room made at the end of the night? She she was offering a comment, and oh, um, irresistible. It was something about um, that the Christian life should be absolutely totally irresistible, and we should want to join that club. Beautiful, beautiful older woman. And I thought, oh my gosh, don't wouldn't that be something if someone described your Christian witness and my Christian witness as? irresistible. Yeah, and few things are are more immediately apparent than how we sound. Right. You know, you stand out when you don't sound like the world right. and you and you really um you really jeopardize and compromise the witness when we sound like the world, yeah. right? It can be a provocative um, right. place to begin a conversation, right? So let's let's go back to bitterness then with with sure. some, a couple comments on speech in general. You were talking about um you know, like what do I do? Like what's the What's the remedy when I recognize, oh, nuts, like I got some bitterness in me. What do I do? Yeah, so first of all, I mean, the way we're going to be able to help identify those areas of our life, I think, where where bitterness has planted a root is, is to go before the Lord in prayer and to say, Lord, you know, Holy Spirit, reveal to me. What areas of my life am I stuck in this bitterness? And, 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 you know, it can catch us by surprise. But if you, like you were talking about, you know, doing that examine, and then the Lord's going to reveal 
gently and mercifully what areas of your life where there's some anger and, and some bitterness. And, um, you know, Father John, I, you've heard me say this before when we're working with priests. I think the remedy for bitterness is forgiveness. And I think you've heard me say, and, and, and I'm going to share something, and then there's going to be a caveat to that. Uh, a set of years ago, I started to be challenged by the Lord when he spoke to my heart, Mary, forgive everyone, everything, all the time, no matter what. And that seemed like such a tall order. And it is a tall order, and it's not humanly possible on my own, but it is with his grace if I do allow him to be sovereign in my life. And it doesn't take long for me to look back in my life to recognize that I've been swimming in nothing less than an ocean of mercy my whole life because I have been forgiven much. Mm. And how dare I not extend that same forgiveness to somebody else? And in that, and, and in so doing that, the roots of that bitterness start to get knocked away mm. and fresh grace comes in and starts to water our hearts. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, absolutely. We, we should do a, a whole episode on forgiveness just because uh, I think it's so easily misunderstood. So maybe just quickly we can say uh, to forgive doesn't mean uh, to say to somebody, hey, it was no big deal. No, absolutely um, if not. If it was no big deal, uh, there'd be nothing to forgive. Right. To forgive is to acknowledge, hey, what you what you did or said to me or whatnot really was unjust. It, and, and it really hurt. hurt. Right. But I forgive you. Like, I don't want you to pay. I don't hold that against you, you know? Right. So, yeah, so, forgiving. And then and then you said the, a second thing for, for um, uh, you know, remedies for bitterness is um, just to, uh, how did you put it uh, before we started to record was just uh, giving, paying it forward, huh? Yeah. I mean, so, again, recognizing that we have been forgiven much. Um, we're supposed to give grace. I heard that line. My, there, 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 there's someone in my life who has often said, can we not give grace? Oh. And I love that. Man, I just, oh I just man, had an that, encounter with somebody uh, somewhat recently and uh, was talking about, you know, just asking how the marriage was going and, and the person opened up and just said, well, it, we're a little bit better now, but we went through some really hard times. I said, I don't know what happened. Mm. And uh, the person acknowledged there was some infidelity in the relationship. And the, the one who had committed the infidelity um, acknowledged it. And, and after acknowledging it, like, um, left because they figured, well, you won't forgive me. And the, and the person who was um, betrayed um, said to the person, like, I have received so much mercy from God. Of course I forgive you. And I just thought, oh, praise oh my God. gosh, praise be Jesus, you know, for the grace that he gave uh, you to be able to do that. So giving grace, paying it forward. Giving grace. Huh? And you know what that does too? I mean, a byproduct of pressing into forgiveness and giving grace is freedom for us. Yeah, amen. Right? That's right. Yeah, I, th I think maybe just two other last quick things, uh, like remedies for bitterness. One is just humility, you know, like an, a humble awareness of... Um, I am probably a lot like the people that I'm tempted to condemn. Because oftentimes we see in others what we are convicted of in our own lives. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like what really annoys most of us is what we see in ourselves that we don't like. Yeah. So just an awareness, like I too um, am desperately in need of mercy. And then lastly is um, just a healthy fear of judgment. You know, Jesus mm. says in the Gospels, uh, for every careless word, you will have to render an account on the day of judgment. Now, I don't know about you, but... There are few passages that Jesus speaks that cause me 
more anxiety. Well, that causes me just to want to buckle to my knees right yeah. now as I'm hearing Every you say that. Every careless mm. word, whether it was behind a, a screen or whether it was face-to-face or whether it was shouted. And right now we're seeing in, in the country in which we're living lots of careless words. And again, it's bleeding into the church. Right. And we can't be like right. that. And as you said earlier, it's not that we don't see the situation in the church for what it is, but we have to have the mind and the heart of Jesus Christ as we speak into it. Yeah, and 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 we have to trust that the Lord's at work and that he's not, you know, taking a nap right now and, uh, you know, hey, I'll get back to you guys in 50 years. Um, Jesus, to say Jesus is Lord or that he's king is to say he's king right now, like already but not yet fully manifested. Like um, we heard in the scriptures over the weekend, he is the ruler, present tense, of all the kings of the earth. Like, don't be deceived by what's going on uh, in headlines or news, as we say all the time. Like, God has history in his hands. And I may not be able to understand it right now or decipher what's going on, but that's no surprise. I'm a finite peon brain. But God is not, you know, distant or absent, and he's not impassive to everything that's happening. So, yeah, this is good. We could go on and a on. A good and word on, huh? for all of us. A good word for me, Father yeah. John. You know, Thank you. Maybe a last thought and then something to consider for uh, for Thanksgiving. You know, the last thought, and we, should, we need to do much more on this too, is, is just this simple truth. And the simple truth is the enemy is the enemy. Amen. Which, which means what? The enemy is the devil. Um, as we've said before, and we, we can't say more, uh, we, we can't say often enough, no single human being is my enemy as a disciple of Jesus. I might be theirs, but no human being is. They're not the enemy. They might, being, uh, they might be deceived by the enemy. They might be being used by the enemy. But I've been deceived by the enemy. I've been used by the enemy. Right. And no human being is no category of people, no political party, no group of bishops, no whatever. They're not the enemy. And as, until I have clarity on that, I won't know who I'm fighting. But we've got to get clear on this in the church. Uh, otherwise, we're fighting the wrong people. You know, just even hearing you speak, I mean, I'm thinking about what the enemy sows. He's, he sows division. He sows bitterness and he sows anger. And we in Acts 29 have, you, have heard you say this repeatedly probably over the last couple months. And when you share that with other people, it's like, oh my gosh, like, like that is like one kernel of truth that just opened my eyes. I'm going, oh my gosh, of course the enemy is the enemy, right? I mean, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and scripture's abundantly clear on this and we need to make sure that, that we see that. And that we're not demonizing our brothers and sisters. Absolutely. Which is what we do all the time, and and I can do that. That's the whole point of this episode, right? I, I can do that, and I need to acknowledge I can do that, and I don't want to do that. I want Jesus to be Lord That's over right. how I think, how I speak, how I see others. Uh, otherwise, I will stand in judgment in a very inappropriate way on pretty much everybody. So, you know, we're, we're heading into Thanksgiving in, in just a, a couple of days, and maybe it's just a good week for us to make sure that... Um, you know, we, we let our speech this week, Thanksgiving week, huh, uh, to be such that it's it's filled with gratitude, uh, that it's truly edifying. I mean, there are, here's the frank reality, right? There are few conversations that most people find more challenging than 
Christmas and Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving. Because you're going to be around the table with, 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 with a lot of folks you sometimes that we can be challenged by. Yeah. Right. That's, that's just reality, you know. And uh, so let's just strive, you know, to, to really pray for ourselves and to pray for one another that the Lord will reign in our speech this week and that by the way we talk and the way we think and how we write, uh, we'll give him glory and we'll give him praise and we'll lead others to him as well. And we'll stand out. We'll be irresistible, like that woman in Columbus said. So in the meantime, do not be afraid. God is with you. And you were born for this.